the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. And once again, we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Well, once again, we've had such a tremendous response to our new series on the trivia questions from the Bible that we decided to continue this series. Tonight, we bring you part five. Well, there are many trivia questions in the Bible from Genesis to Revelations that will shock you, surprise you, bless you, grow you and mature you. Tonight, Dr. Buckner poses the question, how many people in the Bible committed suicide? So stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for the introduction, and we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by the program tonight. We're going to kick things off with a prayer. Uh, one of our faithful listeners and supporters, uh, uh, Ken, would like uh, us to begin an opening for Contending for the Faith program with a prayer each week for the radio church uh, congregations as well as others. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just ask that you would bless tonight in a mighty way. Speak through me as well as uh, Gary and the staff here. And we just pray, Lord, that you're a spirit will touch us tonight and touch those in the Bay Area, and we pray that uh, their ears and, and eyes will be open to the truth of the Word of God. And we just thank you, Lord, for Jesus and all that he has done for us. Thank you for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Word. And we pray that it will come alive today in the hearts of many. And we just ask that you would bless this trivia question and answer time together. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray and touch the whole entire Bay Area. Bring people to you. May a revival starts in this the Bay Area for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. So trivia questions and answers. We come to part five. Uh, and just by way of intro, we know that uh, throughout the Bible, we have sevens all over the place. We have numerics, uh, numbers all over the place. And I'm going to kind of like concentrate on the number seven tonight, the number seven. And the question is, and uh, you want to get your pens and paper ready, the question is, how many, how many people, uh, first and foremost, that live to be over 900 years of age? How many people? That's a good question. How many people live to be over 900 years of age? Well, let me say this. The answer to that is seven so we're dealing with this word, this number seven, seven. 
The first person that lived to be over 900 years of age was the oldest man that ever lived, Methuselah. He lived to be 969 years old. This is found in Genesis 5 and 27. Genesis 5 and 27. He lived to be 969 years old. And uh, that's a a really heavy-duty thing to know that uh, people lived that long uh, in that day. And the second person that lived over 900 years of age was Adam. Adam lived to be 930 years old. We see this in Genesis 5 and 5. We also learned that Seth lived to be 912 years old. We learn about this in Genesis 5 and 8. And then number four, Enos, he lived to be 905 years old. We find this in Genesis 5 and 11. And Kenan, Kenan, number five, Kenan lived to be 910 years old. We find this in Genesis 5 and 14. And then number six, Jared, he lived to be 962 years old. We find this in Genesis 5 and 20. And Noah, number seven, Noah. We don't want to leave out Noah. Noah lived to be 950 years old. We find this in Genesis 9 and 29. That's the total seven right there. That's the first seven. And now I want to get into another seven. How many people in the Bible committed suicide? How many people in the Bible committed suicide? The answer to that is another seven, another seven. Sevens are all over the place in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. The first person that committed suicide, you want to write all this down, is Zimri, Z-I-M-R-I, Zimri. And we find in 1 Kings 16 and verse 18, it came to pass when Zimri saw that the city was taken that he went into a palace of king's house and burned the king's house over him with fire, and he died. You know, committed suicide with fire. And then the second person that committed suicide, Ambimelech, Ambimelech, that name is spelled A-B-I-M-E-L-E-C-H, Ambimelech. And we find in Judges 16 and verse 30, and Bimelech called hostily unto, or hastily, unto the young man, his armor-bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword, and slay me, that men say not of me, a woman slew me. And the man thrust him through, and he died. Here is the second person that committed suicide in the Bible. And then the third person, Ahithophel, Ahithophel. Now, this is spelled A-H-I-T-H-O-P-H-E-L. I know these are some hard names. Ahithophel. We find in 2 Samuel 17 and verse 23 that Ahithophel saw that the counsel was not followed, and he got up, and he got up, and he went home to his house, to his city, and put his house in order and hanged himself and died, and hanged himself, and died. The fourth person that uh, committed suicide was Samson. Samson. We find in Judges 16 and 25 through 30, and I want to focus on Judges 16 and verse 30, 
It says, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed with his all his might, and the house fell upon all the people that were therein. Uh, Judges 16 and verse 30. The fifth person that uh, committed suicide was Saul. Saul in the Old Testament. We learned this in 1 Samuel 31 verses 4 through 5 and 1 Chronicles 10 verses 4 through 5. Saul took a sword and fell on it, and he committed suicide. Sixthly, also Saul's arm bearer. We learn about this in 1 Samuel 31 and verse 5 and 1 Chronicles chapter 10 and verse 5. It says in 1 Samuel 31 and 5, when Saul's arm bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died. Another person that committed suicide. And then the last person, here's the seventh person. You know we're talking about seven. Lastly, in the New Testament was Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot. We learn about this in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. In Matthew 27, verse 5, Judas cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Matthew 27, verse 5. Now, let me say this in conclusion, because this is very important for me to say to you. We need to understand that any form of suicide is self-murder. Make a note of that. Any form of suicide is self-murder, and, the, and that is a sin because God created you in the Imago Dei in his image, and you don't have the right to take life nor uh, to give life nor take it. And then Job made that clear. It says in the book of Job, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You don't have the prerogative and right to do that, to take a person's life, nor your own life. And then Exodus 20 and verse 13 says, Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not murder. The Hebrew word is murder, premeditated murder. You know, the old King James, it has kill, but in the Hebrew, it carries the word murder. It's a stronger word, premeditated murder. And in Revelation 21 and verse 8, with a list of sins, now I want you to notice this. Make a note of this, Revelation 21 and 8. Here is a list of sins. God says in that list, he lists murders, will have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Suicide is a selfish sin. God didn't give you the prerogative and right to give life nor take life. And you know, when you go through trials and tribulations, remember this scripture. Remember this. I want you to remember this and never forget. John 10 and 10. It says, Satan, he comes as a thief to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill you, my friend. He wants you to give up. He wants you to commit suicide like the rest of these seven people. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Because Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it abundantly. He, he come to give you life, but Satan has come to give you death. That's what he tricked the first race with in the Garden of Eden. You know, they were supposed to live forever, but he set them up to die. Now, I want you also to understand this, too. In John 8 and 44, 
Jesus said, the devil is a murderer. Behind suicide is Satan. Satan is behind suicide. I want you to hear that. There are people in Hollywood killing themselves, people in churches, people outside the churches. They're giving up. I want you to remember an important scripture in closing on this message. When you get to the point where you want to give up, remember Philippians 4 and 13. I want you to say it with me right now. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Christ will give you the strength to make it through any situation. And when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the seven uh, numbers in the Bible regarding suicide and people lived over 900 years of age. And also Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. If you uh, have questions or comments for us, if you need prayer, if you're depressed, if you're alone, if you've been isolated and you're hearing that same voice about suicide, please Give us a call. God is speaking to you tonight. This is not the time to take your life. This is the time to reach out for Jesus Christ to give you life. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith after these messages. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. If you have questions or comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Again, that number is one eight eight eight. F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And once again, we want to begin by thanking all of our faithful listeners who have been praying for contending for the faith. The scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And we also want to thank those who gave this week. Deborah, Sandra, Richard, Carol, Ken, and uh, Timothy. Uh, just a reminder, it does cost us 400 a week to stay on the air. And we need your help. Right now we're... Uh, in need of $325 for next week's program. So if you've been blessed by this program and Dr. Buckner's teachings, we just want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Uh, there's two ways that you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. So just go online, get on your tablet, your laptop, your smartphone, go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We need your prayers, and we need your financial support to maintain this ministry. It's that simple, and we just trust that if you've been been blessed by Dr. Buckner's teaching, if you've been blessed by listening to the program all these years, and if you've never given, now's the time to give. We want to encourage you to do so. These funds are touching lives. These funds are making a difference in time and eternity. And you're sending your treasure ahead of you on into heaven by doing so. So once again, just simply go online, contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. 
click on the donate button and you will be a blessing. And, you know, um, for those of you who in the, are listening and you're in the Petaluma area or if you don't mind driving to Petaluma and being a guest at uh, at a church tomorrow, Dr. Buckner is going to be speaking at both the 9 and the 11 o'clock service at Petaluma. Petaluma. Don't ask me to say that fast. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Petaluma Valley Baptist Church, uh, 580 Sonoma Mountain Parkway in Petaluma, California, 94954. Uh, he, he's back by popular demand. The church has had him there guest speaking before, and now they want him to come back. And so it's going to be an exciting time. So if you're in the Petaluma area tomorrow at 9 a.m. or at the 11 a.m. services, again, it's uh, Petaluma Valley Baptist Church, 580 Sonoma Mountain Parkway, Petaluma, California. Uh, And also, that's tomorrow. And then come this Monday, Dr. Buckner begins his class on spiritual gifts and rewards, part three. So you've been a busy kind of guy lately. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Amen. So this Monday, uh, it's going to be begin at 6.30 p.m. at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 uh, Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Uh, it'll be beginning this Monday from September 10th through October the 8th. So I want to encourage you, it's a great time to come out, take advantage of uh, Dr. Buckner's over 30-plus years of training and teaching, and uh, get a chance to meet him, get a chance to grow in faith and knowledge of God's Word. Great opportunity. If you're interested in class, contact Dr. Buckner himself at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. One seven seven eight, or you can email him at jlbcftf at comcast dot net. That's jlbcftf at comcast dot net. Doctor Buckner, thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements, and we appreciate it. And we are looking forward to some people coming out to hear me speak tomorrow, as well as uh, taking the class. On Monday, I know that you'll be really blessed by that, and we do appreciate your prayers and your support for contending for the faith. And we just want to encourage people, you know, who've been really blessed, just to be a big blessing to the ministry. You know, uh, we don't like uh, struggling every week, so uh, if God has blessed you uh, with, uh, you know, a big financial blessings, be a blessing to us as well. You know, so that we can, uh, you know, be able to do what we do every week and know that we have some sufficient funds uh, in uh, our account. So we appreciate everything that you do, and we need to do this collectively. So we pray that people will be touched by what I'm saying and Gary as well. Well, let's get to some of our callers, Brother Gary. All right. We've got uh, Brother Cece up first. Uh, Cece, how are you doing this uh, evening? I've been, I've been hanging in there. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're truly blessed. We trust that the Word uh, really touched you tonight. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I always did. I didn't, you know, just, it's always something new you learn, you know. I appreciate it. Amen. Well, that's what it's all about. We try to, uh, you know, help people to grow and learn new things, and that's what we're all about. So we appreciate those words. And we did give you a homework assignment last uh, Saturday, and we trust that yeah. you had some time to 
uh, do some work on that, and we know that's from John 14 and 28. And so what did you come up with? And why don't you read the Scripture and then tell us what you came up with? Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, it says, um, I'm in John 14, 28. It says, You have heard now, I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. And if you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Mm-hmm. And thus is reading the Word. And I just want to give a little contextual interpretation, a little grammatical interpretation. Um, it, uh in a soundbite form. In yes, and before, you, and before you do that, too, just to make a note, let people know that this is a powerful verse of Scripture related to our Savior, Jesus Christ, but there are others out there like Jehovah's Witnesses and cults that try to use this to say that Jesus was not equal to the Father. So uh, if this is posed to you uh, from an apologetic standpoint, how are you going to answer it? We're not only saying this to Cece, but all those who are listening. So what did you come up with? Uh, did you want me to explain the last part of the verse or just or the verse in whole? Just the verse as a whole. Okay, I'll I, I just do a little soundbite and then get to the, you know, the closing statement that's made when he talks about the Father being greater. I know in verse 28, Jesus said, You have heard now, I said unto you, I go away, and I come again unto you. And throughout um, the remaining of Jesus' ministry, he had been explaining to the to disciples concerning his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and him coming back. And a lot of the information that Jesus gave to the disciples, they didn't clearly understood what he said, because the Holy Spirit had not been sent yet here, because he had not went to the Father. And that's why it says in verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and the Father will send him a name, so teach all things, bring all things to remembrance. And that's the Greek word paraclete or parakletos, and there's one to come along the side. Once the Holy Spirit was sent, all the information that Jesus had been discussing with the disciples in terms of the ministry became very clear to them. So he said, yeah, you heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you, and if you love me, you will rejoice because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And that last statement where it says, for my Father is greater than I, um, just as you said, a lot of, uh, lot of, lot of Jehovah's Witnesses um, take that in terms of saying that God is greater or as it, that Jesus is not equal to the Father. And so a lot, a lot of people who read this verse would actually misinterpret that or would find himself as, as confused and actually would eisegete the scriptures as which the Jehovah Witness did in terms of this passage. Now, when Jesus says, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I, there's two different things we need to understand. There's, um, we need to understand the Greek language and the Greek word which was used in terms of this. When Jesus says the Father was greater than him, he was not talking in terms of his nature, because there's a Greek word called creatine. That refers to the nature of Jesus, but in this verse right here, he's using the Greek word mazon, which refers to his position. So when Jesus talks about that the Father is greater than him, what he's explaining is that he took a lower position in terms of him assuming a human nature. It's his, his position that he took, and he talks about that in Philippians 2, 7, it says, but made, uh, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, that's the word doulos in the Greek, of, of slave, 
and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even to the death of the cross. So this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about his position as he took is him becoming a taken on the human nation, becoming the propitiation of our sins, which is the satisfaction of God's divine justice, the appeasement of his wrath. So he took on a human nature, and he was subject to the law of God to redeem those who were under the curse of the law, namely sinners. And so in terms of this, Jesus was not saying he was not equal with God, because in John 10.30, he says, I and the Father are one explain his equality with the God, and then the Jews picked up stone to stone him. Then he would say, the Father's in me, and I'm in the Father. So in terms of that, he was, he, it would make no sense for him to claim to be God or to be equal with God, and then God to be at a higher position than he is, as what the Jehovah Witnesses would say. And Jesus also, when he refers, he refers to this, he's talking about the human nature that he took on, the position that he took on, of him being the son of God, him being God in the flesh. It wasn't that God had a higher position. It was the position that he took at that time when he says, when he, when he speaks of this. So it's very important for us to understand that when he, when he, when he talks about this. And so the Greek word that is used again, like I said before, is the word mazon. It has to do with his position that he took as being the son, the son in the flesh. But it wasn't that he wasn't equal with God, because we probably remember the concept of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one God revealed in three that's eternally distinct. In terms, so we have to understand the principle in subordination, in terms just like a husband and his wife. The wife is sub subject to the husband. The husband has a higher authority in terms of his um, him being a husband, but the husband is equal to his wife in terms of the nature. The wife has to submit to the husband, which to submit means to relinquish the right of equal status for the sake of order, and just in terms that God, Jesus, had to submit to the Father's plan. So God was the apostle of Jesus. He sent Jesus. Jesus was the apostle of the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit. So as one person revealed in three, that's eternally distinct. So, you can't, so Jesus never... Jesus is saying he took on a lower position in terms of him taking on a human nature. He, was, he wasn't talking about God was greater than him in terms of his human nature. So it's very important for us to understand the nuances in the Greek. Well, you know what? Uh, Gary and I are sitting here, and we're saying uh, we're really blessed by the homework that you did and also uh, you know, researching the two Greek words, mazon and uh, kreton because uh, you hit it right on the nose. Mazon, which is M-E-I-Z-O-N, is talking about position, and Cretan, K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N, is talking about nature. And that same word, Cretan, is found in Hebrews 1 and verse 4, being made so much better than the angels. He has obtained an, by inheritance a more excellent name than they. So uh, here... Uh, you used uh, two Greek words, uh, and that's hitting it right on the nose spiritually. And uh, you've done your homework, and we are really touched by it. Uh, the only thing I would add to this is this, that um, when we talk about Jesus, we always have to remember he had two natures. He had uh, uh, one nature uh, as, as the divine one and the other nature as the human one. And so there were times when Jesus spoke as God, and there were other times where he spoke as a man. So Jesus, what Jesus laid aside, and now I want people to notice this and take note of this, uh, 
what Jesus laid aside in his incarnation, he took up in his resurrection. And that's why he said in Matthew 28, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go and preach. You know, so he never said that before until he uh, in, until the resurrection. See, because, you know, and, uh, and then he said, glorify thou me. You know, when he's getting ready to die, he said, glorify thou me with the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world. That was in John 17. So uh, good job in the Lord and uh, keep on digging. Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they that testify of me. Keep uh, studying, showing yourself approved. And uh, you you let the Lord use you on this homework assignment. And in the future, we'll throw another one at you uh, because we like the fact that you uh, dig deep and you get behind the context uh, as well as you get behind the Greek and the Hebrew. And that's what it's all about. And uh, so uh, do you have any prayer requests? We want to get to some of our other callers as well. Pray for me, and especially um, just pray for me in, in the areas you guys feel like we need prayer for. Pray for my uh, family, and um, then just lift up um, the celebrities in general, especially um, Eminem. He's struggling right now. And then this guy named Charlemagne from the Breakfast Club who's been reading the Bible but doesn't understand uh, the Scriptures, and having, he's having problems. So I would like the Lord to reach out to him, especially my mother, Rosalinda. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer on that. And uh, also thank the Lord for the way he used you. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Cece. We thank you for his diligence. And, and Lord God, that he's studying to show himself a workman that is approved, need not being ashamed of rightly dividing God's word. And I hope we just pray that it would touch those in the listening audience to do the same, that they would uh, take time and and look at God's word in, in depth and not be afraid to look up the Greek or the Hebrew or, and take time to understand things, to call in if they don't, to be able to explain God's word. And we just thank you for his diligence. We pray for his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for the Eminem and uh, Charlemagne, Lord God. We pray that especially if someone is searching and doesn't understand, you know, just like the Ethiopian eunuch, Lord, you, you brought Philip to them at the right time. So bring someone into this this person's path, Lord God, that, that would be able to expound the scriptures and open up God's word and explain it so that they would find truth and salvation. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call, and God bless you, brother. God, thank you, and thank you for um, the encouragement, because I really look up to you guys in your ministry, and you guys encourage me so much. So thank you so much, and I give all the glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Keep on letting them use you, brother. God bless you, Brother Gary. Well, I hear some music playing in the background, and I guess that's not just for our enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. It's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, pastor, lecturer, counselor, expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you, so give us a call. Pick up the phone. Let your fingers do the walking, as they used to say back in the day, right? The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I know some of the young people just that reference just went right over their heads. Just, we are dating ourselves here, but give us a call. 
If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. If you have questions or comments for us, again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. And once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry. It's a prayer-driven ministry, and it's a listener-supported ministry. Without both, we would not be on the air. And so we're you know, looking down the road here with a need of $325 just to start for next week. So we want to encourage you. Now's the time to give. Now's the time to pray. We need both so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do here. Uh, there's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way, so much easier. Just get on your smartphone or get on your dumb phone. I don't know what kind of phone you got. Just get on it and get online and call and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Lives are constantly being touched by this ministry. Uh, We get letters and cards all the time um, appreciating what we're doing here. And if you have been listening for a long time, now's the time to give. Now's the time to pray. Um, Just want to remind you again that Dr. Buckner is going to be speaking tomorrow. He's going to be a guest speaker at uh, Petaluma Valley Baptist Church. It's located at 580 Sonoma Mountain Parkway in Petaluma, California. Uh, He'll be speaking at the 9 and the 11 service, both services. So if you're in the Petaluma area or if you can get to the Petaluma area and you want to visit a nice church, this is a good opportunity to do that and also hear Dr. Buckner speak live and in person. And uh, he's got a great message for you, and you'll be blessed. So, again, that's tomorrow at the 9 a.m. and at the 11 a.m. service at Petaluma. Here we go, that word again. Uh, Petaluma Valley Baptist Church, 580 Sonoma Mountain Parkway, Petaluma, California. And also coming up this Monday, Dr. Buckner begins a class on spiritual gifts and rewards, part three. And uh, it begins uh, Monday at 6.30 p.m., Monday night, 6.30, at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue, San Leandro, California, 94577. Um, if you're interested in that class, we want to you know, encourage you. It's a great time to come out and meet Dr. Buckner, great time to participate in a class that will bless you and increase your knowledge of God's Word. It's so important that we maintain uh, the 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 presence of being a lifelong learner. You know, we should never stop learning. And as long as as we're on planet Earth, we will always be in God's word, learning, growing, maturing. That should be our focus. If it's not, then you're just stagnating. If it's not, you're standing still. If it's not, you're not growing. You're staying a baby and you don't want to do that. There's nothing worse than seeing an adult running around in diapers. And so we want to make sure you take that bottle out of your mouth and you get your knife and fork and learn how to eat steak. You know, learn how to eat the meat of God's word and also not only learn how to read and study, but also learn how to how to share God's word and be a witness using God's word and to speak intelligently um, God's word. It's so important. So if you're interested in this class, it's going to give Dr. Buckner a call at area code 415 seven two one one seven seven eight or email him at jlbcftf at comcast dot net that's jlbcftf at comcast dot 
Net. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And I think that there's an old saying that says that there are more uh, babes in the congregation than in the nursery. (laughs) 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 I think that's so true today because so many people are ignorant of the Word of God. And this is what this program does. It helps to equip you. Uh, you know, in the word. Yeah. So there's a lot of whining and crying in the pews. Right? That's right. You have to burp so many uh, adults, you know, right. and uh, they uh, don't want that uh, meat of the word. They want the milk and they, uh, if they get on the meat of the word, they'd start to choke because they just uh, can't handle it. Got to learn how to self-feed. There you go. You know, every every child eventually grabs a knife and fork and they try to go for it. Yeah. You know, that's a natural uh, progression of, of, of development. And as Christians, we should be constantly developing, growing, maturing. No one should want to stay a, a babe. That is so true. Uh, well, who we have next? We have uh, uh, Brother uh, Rick. Brother Rick's online. How are you doing, Brother Rick? I am blessed. How about you, How about you folks? We're truly blessed. Thank you for hanging in there with us. And we trust that... Uh, you're doing well health-wise, and things are going well for you. Well, I, it, was a, it was a breakthrough week uh, this week during my therapy, but, I mean, it's not over yet. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was encur- it was very encouraging. I had the sutures taken out of my leg. Mm. And the sutures taken out of my leg. The immobilizer I've been wearing is now in the garbage can. So, oh, amen. Uh, those- so that's progress. Things uh, going going on, so I just want to mention that as part of my progress. But but it's just one more step uh, going forward. Well, we're going to keep and, you. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, and I was really encouraged by some. Of, I I really was encouraged by what uh, Cece was um, teaching tonight. Mm-hmm. And I just want to. I, I like to add one one little thing to it. And I, I always think of uh, I, I always think of like when we use the word Mason or somebody positionally greater than us, we could we could bring it we could break it down to a practical level of our everyday lives. We go to work every day. We have bosses, but they have a positional greatness, not a uh, superior, not a superiority. It's the same thing like when we talk about the president of the United States. He has, he, has, he, has, he, has, he has maybe among the top positions in the world, but he's, but he's just as human as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just want to add that to it. Amen. That's a good addition. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you for the update. And you have uh, a question on your heart tonight? Well, I, we, we, we were discussing something uh, you know, a little while back. We, we, know, we know that there's been a lot of uh, corruption in the area of the way we uh, treat our children, mm-hmm. especially in the area of sexual abuse, which is probably the most devastating type of abuse there is. I just want to find out, have there, have there been any studies about how the uh, priests, uh, I think in Catholicism you have more, you have more priests that, that are involved in the area of sexual abuse. Have there been any studies? about their behavior. Yes, it has been. It it has been. That's a very good question, Brother Rick, and I've been doing some research on that, and and it's really interesting. And I just want to encourage right now, if there is uh, any kids listening to this program, um, you know, 
they the parents should encourage them to maybe leave the room for a minute because uh, some of the stuff I may be saying may not be uh, appropriate for them to hear. Uh, so we want to give you a second or so to to uh, tell your kids to go in another room. And when they go in the other room, shut the door and lock it. <laughs> we don't want them peeking out and coming out. Uh, but uh, that's a very good question. And I'm just going to whet your appetite on a few uh, cases that has been revealed. Uh, there was uh, a case where uh, one seven, 17-year-old girl uh, had just got her tonsils taken out in the hospital. And while she was in the hospital uh, with her tonsils just taken out, a priest came right into the hospital and molested her right in the hospital. Uh, that's one case. Uh, another case is where a young boy uh, was stripped of uh, all of his clothes and uh, was uh, told to go before the cross and was molested before the cross. Now, this is blasphemy. This is an abomination. And then another young boy uh, was bleeding uh, from his uh, anus and uh, was taken advantage of even though he was bleeding from his anus. Uh, another boy, and this is just uh, one more case here that I want to share with you, another boy uh, was taken advantage of with his mouth. Uh, the priest was taking advantage of his mouth and using his mouth uh, to have sex with him, and then they brought him before the altar and washed his mouth out with holy water. It was not any holy water. It was unholy water, and it was an unholy thing that they were doing. And, you know, I want to say this, after saying all of this stuff, that um, the Catholic Church and even Protestant churches, when you hear about stuff like this, it's not enough to just say, uh, we're sorry about what has happened. The Apostle Paul's attitude wasn't like that in the early church. You know, when people did things, even, you know, you think about Ananias and Sapphira, uh, just... uh, you know, lying about the money thing, you know, God dropped them dead, you know. People talk about, you know, does the Bible teach about slain in the spirit? I said not like the counterfeit revival and that teaches, but this is the first case of being slain in the spirit is in Acts chapter 5. That is a case of being slain in the spirit by the spirit of God. But the there, there it's not enough to apologize for sin, you got to have the attitude like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where he said, Deliver such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his body, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. That's hardcore excommunication, and uh, this is the attitude that we need to have, because there was a young boy in the church who got involved with, uh, you know, a relationship, uh, you know, and uh, with a mother— uh, you know, uh, and it was just an ugly situation, you know, and because of that situation, uh, Paul heard about it, and he said, not even the pagans are doing this, that uh, a, a person would uh, have his father's wife. So it was a relationship like that going on, and literally what happened was Paul says, okay, deliver such a one, and but later on we find that he did repent. Now, uh, these three P's I want to bring out, okay? You may want to write them down. 
you know, sin got to be put out. Sin got to be put out the church. Secondly, the second P is got to be purged out of the church. The third P is that it got to be purified. You know, things got to be purified. All of these things are very vital in dealing with the church today. And what's happening is, uh, as Peter says, judgment begins in the house of God. God is cleaning house, and Jesus didn't play around with it even when he cleaned out the temple, and we got to have that attitude too. So hopefully some of the stuff I've said, but this is frightening things, and yet it's true things that's happening, and I just kind of gave you some examples of that. Amen. No, but thank you very much. You're welcome. There's so much more to go, too. I I think one of the biggest things, I I was really blessed by what you talked about with suicide, because I just want to be very personal right now. Mm -hmm. There were two two times in my life where I attempted suicide. And I I think one of the common factors that happens, and we're warned about it scripturally, Mm -hmm. is not to be isolated. Right. We're taught to be we're taught to be in fellowship. Because there are times we're gonna be down. Absolutely. And, and when, we need and we need each other. And when you're isolated, that's when the devil gets you. And when you attempted to do this, it was one before you became a Christian, so we want to make sure we clarify yeah, so, clarify that. Yeah. Well, well before that, but I I mean but but I think the difference was I mean when I was in that when I was in that real despondent state, I was isolated. Absolutely. Well let me do this and, uh, let me do this, Brother Rick. We're going to squeeze in Sally before the program ends. It's so good to hear from you. Keep up the good work, and we're going to keep you in our prayers, brother. And say hi to Sally, too. All right. Lord, just be with Brother Rick and just touch him from the crown of his head to the bottom of his feet and continue to give him a speedy recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's uh, amen. get uh, get to Sally. Sally, are you there? Rick and, uh, oh, dear, uh, Rick and I and <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. Yes. We're a, we're a tri. A, I don't know whether you could say a trichotomy, but uh, <laughs> Rick, Rick I'm glad you didn't say together. Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad no, you didn't no, say no. Trinity. <laughs> no, but um, you know, uh, Deborah and I have a very interesting relationship, and if if uh, I I just uh, I don't know how many people you help, but Congratulations to Cece. That was that was a real challenge to those of us who um, need to dig into the scripture more. And it's 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 really great. I don't know how many people you touch like this, but churches are supposed to do this to give to give their members an assignment or to help them to spread their wings or to help them to search the scriptures or whatnot. So you're being a pastor to, I would imagine, maybe, I hope, some people that don't have a church. And, and so I hope people will 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 send you uh, the equivalent of the largest meal you had out at a restaurant. And uh, that might that might encourage them to, to give something. Well, thank you so much, Sally. You you really have blessed us just by those words, and and we we do see ourselves as pastors, and our goal is to equip people uh, through the Word of God and giving assignments like this to do, and just seeing Cece really digging deep. And I know it was a blessing to you and so many others. And uh, thank you, thank you so much for the, your encouraging words. And we just want to encourage people like Cece. We're helping to, uh, you know, help to challenge him to grow 
uh, in the Imago Day and the likeness of Christ, and we want to see everybody else out there grow. This is one-of-a-kind ministry that's uh, reaching people and teaching people in the Lord. And Brother Rick wanted me to tell you that, uh, to say hello to you, because he appreciates you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, please pray for uh, Deborah, because she is not only concerned about her own health, but a friend also. We will do that. And thank you for your call mm-hmm. and your encouraging words. And God bless you and keep you. Bye-bye. And your family. All right. We just also want to say we're, we want to encourage people, uh, if you don't have a church home, find one. You know, it's good that you listen to the program and that you're blessed and encouraged. And we want to challenge folks. But there's no substitute for God's church. And so don't, don't mess around and, and, and isolate yourself, as Brother Rick had mentioned earlier. Well, it's, it's, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we just want to thank uh, you, our listening audience. We want to take Vin, talk, <laughs> thank Vince, our engineer, and Brother Manning, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, once again. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we uh, give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.